In the previous episode... Why do you think energy, low energy, and fatigue are actually at such epidemic proportions? Well, a lot of it has to do with the, the toxins that we accumulate throughout our lives. And as we know, the world has become increasingly more toxic, more heavy metals, more chemicals, etc. And consequently, that has caused more fatigue and, and other symptoms. You know, we're seeing increased incidence of so many other different diseases as well. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, a podcast for health and wellness practitioners passionately committed to transforming our current broken disease-focused system. Your host, Dr. Rita Marie Los Calzo, is devoted to helping you get results with complex health challenges like autoimmune, hormonal imbalances, and chronic health challenges caused by nutritional and lifestyle-induced imbalances. Here's your host, Dr. Rita Marie. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners who are passionate about making a difference. Today's episode is actually the last in our series on energy metabolism, and we're going to review the top 10 most frequently asked questions about overcoming fatigue that I get from both patients and practitioners alike. If you're a health practitioner who really wants to help people to get well, not to just cover up symptoms, not to just apply protocols, whether nutritional or pharmaceutical, we are doing a live event that's just right for you. It's called Functional Nutrigenomics in Clinical Practice. And it's all about how you can learn the genetic testing you can do with people to help you to personalize their diet and lifestyle plans. And when you put that together with your typical really great functional history and lab testing, you're going to have all you need. So join us for an online virtual event that you can attend from anywhere. It's June 2nd to 4th, 2023. And you can get there by going to nesliveconference.com. That's nesliveconference.com. And we'll also put the link on the show notes page. So let's just jump right in. We know that there's an energy crisis. We know that people from our previous podcasts and just in general from being practitioners and meeting with patients, we know that people are tired. And a lot of times they're tired for years or even decades before they get an answer. So we went through in this set of episodes, a lot of information about how you can be the practitioner that stands out, that digs deep into what the underlying causes could be. So I'm going to share some of these questions that I've gotten, and we'll give you an answer or point you back to the podcast episode that has more in depth. So one I get all the time is how does gut health affect fatigue? Like how does that affect energy? Well, there's a number of ways, right? There are several ways that gut health can impact the mitochondria, the thyroid, and the effect of these on energy levels. Number one, nutrient absorption. If the gut is not working properly to absorb nutrients, to absorb the amino acids, the vitamins, the minerals, we're just not going to be able to have the energy required for all the processes that it takes for those mitochondria to actually produce energy. 
So that's one way, but also microbiome imbalances. And microbiome imbalances, when we don't have the right gut bugs, we see a lot of folks get into neurotransmitter imbalances. That affects the thyroid. The thyroid is very, very affected by how the gut is functioning. In fact, the conversion from inactive T4 to active T3 occurs about 25% of it occurs in the gut. So this is super important piece. And there's more, but that's a good starting point for now. So people ask me a lot about hormones, right? We're tired, it must be a hormone imbalance. And the first one that people think about is the thyroid. But people ask me what other hormones are most commonly associated with fatigue. And we know thyroid sets the metabolic rate of every cell, and that's super important. But there are others as well. So insulin is a really important one because insulin's critical for getting sugar from the food we eat, the glucose from the food we eat, even if you're not eating sugar, to get that into the cells. And if the glucose doesn't get into the cells, the mitochondria don't have anything to work on. So without the nutrients, without the glucose, how the mitochondria are gonna do their job? They're just gonna be out to lunch, so to speak right? So those are some. And then we also have the impact of things like sex hormones, DHEA, uh, growth hormone. These are all involved in energy metabolism, as well as the digestive hormones going back to gut function. Most people don't think about the digestion as being a hormonal system. And it is, there's lots of those. So those are some of the most important ones. And of course, there's more. So one of the questions I get a lot is about thyroid imbalance and can it be reversed? Is it possible to reverse it? Most of the people we see who are suffering from thyroid imbalance and are on medication have been on that medication for many years, sometimes many decades. And they've been told you just have to take this medication for the rest of your life. And as we've discussed in other episodes, we know that thyroid imbalance has a lot of problems underlying it. And when we can get in and fix it, we can see it reversed. I've seen cases of Hashimoto's thyroiditis that had been present for 45 to 50 years reverse when we got the blood sugar under control. I've seen situations where people's thyroid numbers get better and better the closer they stick to a healthy diet and to the nutrients. And we'll get into the nutrients in just a bit. So yes, I've seen it. Can we say to people that I'm gonna cure your thyroid imbalance? Of course not. Can we say that based on what other imbalances we're finding and what the true root cause of the thyroid imbalance is, can we help you to get better results, reduce your medications? Usually that's the case. And if you go back to the one we did on thyroid, I think it was episode 28, you'll be able to hear a lot more about all those things that contribute to thyroid imbalance. And most of the time, I would say 80 to 90% of the time, the issue is not with the thyroid. It's not a faulty thyroid. It's all the other things that impact the function of the thyroid. So go back and listen to episode 28 if you want more de details about that. The other question people want to know all the time is what lab test should I order? What lab tests will help me identify the causes of fatigue? And when a person goes into the conventional Western trained medical practice, whether they work with a doctor, uh, the physician's assistant, a nurse practitioner, it's usually the same. Oh, you're tired. Let's check your thyroid. And they run a TSH. 
that's so lame when it comes to what's really happening in the thyroid. So what we need to do is look at functional tests, but also blood tests. So in a standard blood test, we've got to look at the CBC. We need to look at MCV, which is related to B12 and folate function. We've got to look at hemoglobin. In addition, we need to look at iron and ferritin, not just iron and not just ferritin. We need to look at all of these. We need to look at the BUN, which will give us an idea of gut function as well as kidney function is its most common when it's high. But when the BUN, blood, urea, nitrogen is low, it could indicate that we're not absorbing enough protein from the gut. So there's lots of things we can look at there. And of course, a complete thyroid. And we have an episode, episode 25, where we went into all the details on these uh, tests that you can run. The other thing that's an important test that I like to run is a test called the Dutch test, dried urine for comprehensive hormones. And it was gone. We went into detail in episode 30, but it's so, so valuable for giving us an idea of how are the B vitamins doing? What's the level of cortisol? Are the cortisol levels in the optimal range? Are they low? We have to look at these things in order to be able to evaluate why is this person tired? I put together my method for assessing for fatigue and I called it the fatigue fixing framework. And look in the show notes, I'll give you a link to a resource that you can watch to get more information about the fatigue fixing framework. It goes into a lot of detail about all these things. And the other one, organic acids testing. In the mitochondria, there's all kinds of metabolites. And when we do an organic acids test, we get to see how those metabolites are faring. We get to see how are the mitochondria actually running. The Krebs cycle, glycolysis, the electron transport chain. We get to see these based on some of the acids that get formed as a result of these metabolic processes. And we went into a lot of detail on that in episode 31. So that's some of the geeky left brainy testing and stuff that you can do. But what about emotions? So many people ask me this, well, come on, my emotions don't really address my fatigue. I, you know, emotions are there. We, we get upset, we get angry, we get happy. And how does that affect my energy level? Oh, baby, that's a big one, right? And we all know this. We know that stress, being in the sympathetic dominant nervous system a lot of the time, that's going to affect the way that the body processes energy. That affects the thyroid. That affects the mitochondria. So we really do need to look at the effective emotions. We have to look at helping our people to go from sympathetic dominant, that fight flight nervous system, which depletes energy into the parasympathetic where rest and digest and all the things that help to heal. So what else? I get asked this a lot, and this is not the place for going into a lot of detail, but our next topic set is going to be on genetics and nutrigenomics. But people ask me, What role do genetics play in fatigue and energy metabolism? How can a person's genes affect their energy? And there are so many ways. There are a lot of genes that are associated with how the thyroid functions and how the adrenals function, how the mitochondria function. 
There are genes related to various nutrients that if these genes are impaired or not working the way they should, or the pathways controlled by those genes, I should say, are not working the way they should, then we're going to have low energy. There's genes you can look at for vitamin B12 and B6 and all the nutrients involved. So genes play a big role, but what plays an even bigger role is epigenetic factors. Epigenetics are the modifiers of the genetics, how they express, whether they're expressing poorly or optimally has to do with diet and lifestyle, nutrients, sleep, stress, and all those things. Well, getting from that place, what foods? Are there foods that contribute to fatigue? And I will say emphatically, yes emphatically. And, you know, I can be cliche and say, of course, the refined foods will, the the processed foods that have all kinds of chemicals that make the liver work harder to detoxify rather than giving the body energy. And there are foods that affect the digestive function. And a lot of people turn to caffeine because they want that boost, that lift, because they're exhausted. And what happens is caffeine can actually damage and thin the lining of the digestive tract and impair absorption and digestion. So that's an important piece. Same with alcohol. Alcohol actually puts a big load on the the liver and it puts a load on the brain and it affects the digestive tract in similar ways where it thins the lining and affects how well we absorb those nutrients, digest and absorb, I should say, as well. So there are definitely foods. So the processed foods, sugar, which impacts insulin levels, which makes the insulin levels go high and over time contributes to insulin resistance. And I don't just mean white sugar. I mean, all of that stuff, especially high fructose corn syrup. So there are a lot of foods, the refined stuff, the foods that contain hydrogenated oils and oxidized oils. Those play a huge role, especially on membrane integrity. We need to have good cell membranes in order to absorb nutrients, in order to absorb glucose, in order for the cells to function properly. So that's a really important factor. Also, the cell membranes affect how well the body can absorb hormones. Hormone receptor resistance is one of the commonly overlooked causes of problems with energy and contributing to fatigue. So we need to have higher levels of nutrients, which we'll get to in a moment, but we also need to add in foods that have those nutrients in them and that supply us with things like good fats, omega-3 to 6 balance, These are really important. So those processed foods, high omega-6 foods like oils, the various seed oils contribute to fatigue, as well as too many almonds, too much almond butter, too much almond milk, because it's a high omega-6. Not to say that that's a bad food, but when it's out of balance with the omega-3s, that's when we get into trouble. That's when our clients and patients get into trouble. So Another question leading right from the food issue is which nutrients are most commonly involved in energy metabolism? So as we talked about in our our mitochondrial segment, the B vitamins are super important, 
especially vitamin B2, riboflavin 3, niacin 6, pyridoxine or pyridoxal 5-phosphate, B9, which is folate, and B12, which is cobalamin. Those are especially important, but the B vitamins in general, and what you're going to see is most of the people that, maybe not that you see in practice, but that most people see in practice, are eating processed foods. They're eating breads and rices and things like that that have been refined and the B vitamins are removed. And so those things contribute to low energy. Vitamin C is super important for adrenal function and combine having a lot of stress and requiring a lot of adrenal output with low vitamin C in the diet and subject to having a lot of problems. So we need to have enough vitamin C, especially if the person's under a lot of stress. There are lots of amino acids that are important. One that comes to mind is tyrosine because it's involved with the metabolism in the adrenals. It's involved in the creation of thyroid hormones. Not to say we should be putting everybody on tyrosine because they're low energy. And this brings me to the point that we're not looking at one factor. We're looking at the whole process of taking nutrients from the food, from supplements into the body, and then getting them where they need to go to make sure that the thyroid function and the mitochondrial function is good. But tyrosine is one of those, but don't go out and just give everybody tyrosine because they're tired. We have to look at this as a big picture. A lot of people are taking mitochondrial supplements. CoQ10 is important, uh, lipoic acid, but not in isolation. We have to identify what's causing the fatigue and how we can optimize energy production. Magnesium and selenium and iodine, three minerals, are super important. But again, we don't just want to take them because excess of minerals can be problematic. Although for the most part, I haven't seen very many, if any, people who are excess in magnesium. But selenium, people are popping selenium pills because they think it's good for the thyroid and it's going to give them energy. And yeah, if you're low in selenium, of course it will. But we as the practitioners have to help them to evaluate and know. You know, Brazil nuts, great source of selenium. It doesn't take very many, but I've seen people get toxic from too many, uh, too much selenium in the Brazil nuts. And then finally, iodine, which is like one of these big controversial nutrients. There's a lot of folks out there with iodophobia who's saying nobody should be taking extra, any extra iodine. There's plenty in the food. And in reality, there isn't plenty in the food because the soils are depleted. And unless people are eating sea vegetables or food from the sea, they are probably low in iodine and need some supplementation. But people are saying like, oh, if you have a thyroid problem, too much iodine is a problem. Absolutely, I agree but what's too much. So testing is an important thing there, but we need iodine. We need all of these nutrients. We cannot make thyroid hormone without iodine. Another question I get is what's the best supplement to improve energy? This is mostly from clients, right? Okay, I have low energy and I hear all about these mitochondrial supplements and thyroid supplements and which one is best for me? We don't know until we start to test. And there is no best supplement. Yes, supplements are great. Yes, having and taking a mitochondrial supplement is important, but we need to address all the other underlying factors. And we covered that in one of our episodes. Finally, how does fatigue impact the immune system? We've been in a global pandemic for the last couple and a half years, and people are focusing on, I believe, the wrong thing. 
They're focusing on how can we externally support the immune system by taking vaccines or taking certain supplements or whatever. And supplements are good and vaccine in some cases could be helpful, but what about impairment of the immune function due to nutrient imbalance, due to stress, due to lack of sleep? You know, people are sitting around and eating bonbons and expecting that if they get a vaccine or they take certain supplements or certain drugs, that they're going to be okay when it comes to getting sick. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And if you've listened to me this far, you probably agree with me there. We need to help people support the immune system. So what the heck does fatigue have to do with it? You know, when we think about fatigue, we think about these people who are tired and they can't exercise and they don't do all the things they want to do. But we have to think of fatigue also on a cellular level. Fatigue is the, the inability of each and every cell to make appropriate energy to do its job. And when we have fatigue, when we have low mitochondrial function, we have low thyroid function, we need to look at how it affects the different organ systems. So if we have somebody who's suffering from fatigue because they're not eating the right foods, not getting the right nutrients, not eating according to their genetics, uh, they have specific imbalances, and we don't address it appropriately, the immune system is one of the systems that's going to be lower functioning. And so if somebody has overall cellular fatigue, chances are good that their immune system won't function properly to help them to fight off the inevitable things that are in the environment. As we know, it's not the microbe, it's the soil that makes someone sick, right? So this energy crisis is real. We've seen it play out in global pandemic situation where millions of people are suffering and they're often told just to take more caffeine or get an iron supplement. These are just Band-Aid solutions. We need to address the real underlying cause. And it's not just iron deficiency and it's not just thyroid problems. People are on thyroid medication and it's given out like candy. Here's your T4. Yep, your TSH is high. We know better than that. We need to go to the root cause. The way that it's taught in medical school, especially thyroid function, it's not adequate. Test the TSH. If it's high, give them T4. It doesn't work. You've seen it. I've seen it. We see people in practice all the time who've been on thyroid medications and either their need keeps going up or they just isn't solving all the problems. So you are the answer. You as a practitioner who's interested in functional nutritional approaches you owe it to yourself and your patients to be able to identify the causes of fatigue and help empower your patients to fix it so their energy is high, their body function is high, their hormone levels are high. The Energy Series on Reinvent Healthcare is packed with tools and resources to help you. And our free guide at www.reinventhealthcare.com forward slash energy is packed with tools that you can use with your clients. So check the show notes for additional resources. And remember that the more you master the art of empowering your patients and clients to use the power of nutrition and lifestyle to restore energy and balance the hormones, the greater success you'll have in practice. When you empower them to achieve their health and wellness goals, you'll feel fulfilled at the end of the day instead of, oh, you know, frustrated. And your practice will thrive. That's what we're here for, to help people to make a difference. 
So remember to download the energy guide and access the charts. This will help you. And until next time, shine on. Thank you for listening to the Reinvent Healthcare podcast. Join the movement of practitioners that are guiding people to actually get well rather than covering up their symptoms. Connect with us at reinventhealthcare.com to access resources and tools that will empower you to create a thriving health practice.